Hello, and welcome to the Human Sense Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we are going to hear about grief from someone's perspective and understand what someone's personal experience with grief can feel like. Our guest today joins us from Austin, Texas, where she works in the outdoor retail space. Although she is a dietitian with a background in food business and public health, our guest Samantha is currently preparing for a 2,200 mile through hike of the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. Samantha is joining us today to speak about the loss of her father who passed from complications of a brain, a brain aneurysm almost three years ago. After experiencing immense grief and the anxiety of feeling like she derailed her career, Samantha hopes her hike will allow her the space to, and time to lament, recenter, and restart her life. Hi, Sam. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I want to just start the question with, what was your initial feelings in response to the loss of your father? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's not as easy as just you lose someone and you grieve. Um, I think the hardest part was like figuring out how to grieve and I'm still figuring that out. But um, my initial reaction was shock. Not necessarily disbelief or anything like that because my dad had previous health issues and we had had kind of a scare a few years prior to even this incident where we thought we were going to lose him and we didn't thankfully but um I think in some way our or my maybe in a act of self-preservation always prepared for something like this to happen knowing that he wasn't in the best of health and but that initial feeling was just shock because I you know woke up to go on my normal schedule to like five or six phone calls from people that don't normally call me in the morning and I knew right away something had happened and it's the same people that called me the previous time my dad went to the hospital after a heart attack. And so I think just feeling like, I think my brain immediately went into that self-preservation of like, okay, what do I need to do right now in this moment? Where do I need to go? Who do I need to call to say I'm going to be late? That kind of thing, which obviously I felt sadness, but initially those phone calls were just that my dad was in the hospital. So I still really had no, no idea what was coming um, from him being there, what had happened. And at the time I was in Louisiana, so I wasn't even in the same state. I had to, you know, worry about a flight or how I was going to get back home to College Station, Texas. So yeah, I think just yeah and that can definitely be especially with news like that it can be a lot to take in when you're about to perform your normal routine you know it's just another layer of something that's adding and we never really know how we're going to react when it actually happens 
how has this loss impacted you, your mental health? Like, can you give any examples? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I have a lot to talk, a lot to talk about with this one. Um, I think just some background. Um, I was living in New Orleans at the time doing my dietetic internship and when I got that phone call, you know, like I said, I was ready for my regular schedule. So I was busy. I had lots and lots of stuff to do every single day and getting this phone call, you know, could have derailed all of that. But I think, you know, one thing that I'm so blessed for in my dietetic internship is my director, Marsha at Tulane, which is where I was doing my DI, DI being dietetic internship. Um, she created this just comforting, um, this comforting environment where she allowed me to take the time off that I needed to, which wasn't a lot, but, but dietetic internships probably would have forced me to quit and reapply another year. And she was like, nope, you're going to miss more hours than you probably should. But like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to make them up. And had that not been the case, I think the impact of my mental health would have been a lot greater because I would have been worrying about not only my dad and that grieving process, but I would have been worrying about my career before it even started. Um, so I think, I mean, that in and of itself played a role in my mental health, but the biggest change, and I don't even know if it's really a change, but the day that I, not really the day, the weekend after my dad went into the hospital, he was there for exactly one week. And that weekend I was in College Station. One of my best childhood friends, who's also named Samantha, she invited me to church with her. And I had not been to church in years besides like a random Easter or Christmas service. Like I had quit going and she showed me, I think, another community that could support me in this time of grief that I didn't even, I hadn't even started grieving. Like he wasn't even passed away yet. Um, but I went to church with her that Sunday and the following Sunday before the funeral. And then when I got back to New Orleans, I almost immediately found a church and just promised myself, like, you're going to go here every Sunday. Like, you're just going to show up because Monday through Saturday, you're doing your dietetic internship and you don't have time to grieve. You don't have time to be sad. You don't have time to, you know, worry or have anxiety or anything because this other commitment has to come first right now, which I think was both, both a blessing and probably a curse, but um, 
every Sunday when I was in New Orleans, I went to church, whether I wanted to be there or not. And I sat in a row by myself and I cried probably the entire time. I have no idea. I mean, I know why, but like, I have no idea why walking into that space, that's all I could feel. And I would leave there, go home, grab my dog, who's a totally another blessing. And we would go to the lake and we would just walk. And that was my entire Sunday. And that was the time I gave myself to just, I think, step away from the monotony that was the work I had in my dietetic internship. Um, I think, I mean, it's been almost, I think, three years. It's two and a half since he passed. And I mean, I think there's been so many moments that have impacted my mental health that, you know, are probably accelerated by COVID. You know, I think that's like the big elephant in the room now. Um, after leaving New Orleans, after finishing my internship, I had always thought that I would be moving back to the East Coast, back to New York or Boston or DC to get, you know, a big job and start my career. And what hit me after finishing my dietetic internship was a lack of motivation, a lack of interest. I had no drive to want to do anything. Like I had just spent, I think, all the energy that was in my cup to finish my dietetic internship. And after just go, go, going, all the only decision I could make was not like applying to jobs or anything like that. It was going home. And I think that was confounded also on the thought of like, well, I just lost my dad. My grandma's old. Is my mom in good health? Like, is my uncle, is my brother? And feeling like I had been gone from home for three years, I would have to like come to terms with the thought if I lost someone else and I was still gone, what that would feel like and how that might hurt. And I think I have since come to the realization that being in a location does not mean being in a location with those people doesn't necessarily mean that you're having quality time with them or that you are no longer losing time with them because it takes more effort. Um, so I don't think coming home was necessarily the best decision, but I think home is where I had to be to start the healing process. Um, and of course, you know, I mean, COVID hit and I think that's when my mental health really declined. And I think that's probably true for most people, right? During COVID. But um, I mean, I think I hit 
what I would refer to as bottom. And that's probably higher up than some people's bottom. But for me, like I had been um, furloughed from work and I was home laying on the couch, watching TV, eating. I mean, if it wasn't for my dog, like I'm not sure I would have gone outside, which is really hard to say now to realize that that was me a year ago. That's crazy. Um, I mean, all that to say, like I could not plan for how the grief is or going to like won't hit me when that's going to happen or how it might affect my mental health right now or in the future or how it already has that I may not realize. But as I like look back, you know, I might see different changes or different things that like didn't realize in the moment were affecting me. I think there's still a lot like looking forward though like milestones that are going to probably have more of an impact as those come up. Um, yeah. If you don't mind sharing, Sam, what was it like, can you describe who you were before losing your dad? Cause you gave some examples of how a year ago, this you wouldn't recognize yourself in some ways. Prior to losing my dad, I was constantly had my ears and eyes open of like how I could build my resume and like how was I going to build the career that I have been seeking for so long. Um, I mean, Haley, you probably know the like dietitian career route is intricate and frustrating. I spent so much time and effort trying to reach goals like finishing grad school, um, getting into a dietetic internship and finishing that, passing my board exam. The one goal, the one prize on my mind was a career that was prestigious or, you know, would be fulfilling because it was what I've been working towards. And so that was me pre my dad passing. I mean, I think that final piece of that was getting into a dietetic internship and I did that and he saw that, you know, and we celebrated that. So I think that's really important to me, but like him not getting to see me finish. Part of the reason, part of the reason I started studying nutrition was because of my dad's health. This, I was always like the, I grew up in Austin when the rest of my family was in College Station, which no one outside of Texas knows where that is, I'm sure, but think like big town and small town. And I was always the like nut of my family, the like granola person and when my dad started having health issues he came to me and he asked me questions about what I thought of certain things 
and he valued my opinion. And so I think when I thought like, oh, I'm good at this, I like doing this. This is what I want my career to be. Not him not getting to see the loop close. Meaning maybe I'm still not there because I haven't like launched this career of my dreams or whatever, but I feel like that interest of, of having that like big wig job in New York, um, the confidence I had in my resume, I think a lot of that I've lost and, and maybe not lost permanently. I mean, I think those skills and things ebb and flow as you gain more life experiences, but not to say I still don't want to be back on the East Coast, but um, I think just like the direction of that drive, because I think what I had left out of that scenario prior to my dad's passing was like all of these small life experiences, like spending holidays with family or like traveling or pursuing other goals, like hiking, um, like my pursuit was so career driven, was so monetarily driven and what I had to learn from my dad's passing was as like totally cliche as it sounds like nothing's promised. We don't have tomorrow or the next day or the next one. That's not guaranteed. And I hate to talk in, but like, I think that really motivated me more to switch gears and focus less on resume building and more on like, what do I wanna do with my life right now? with the body I have, with the money I have, with the people I have around me. And for me, that's this dream of mine to through hike. And this just seems like the perfect time finally to be able to do that. And like, what greater opportunity than to be able to do this crazy long hike and get to reflect on and lament like this man that was my father that like would be saying I'm like a crazy person and would still probably, you know, send me food along the trail or something. You know, he'd send me a care package. Um, and I have no idea who I will be after I finish either. That's like the really crazy part. 
That sounds like your ambition is still there, right? That same Samantha is still there, but it kind of changed the trajectory that you have and the goals that you have. I feel like it's because I'm an Aries, maybe. <laughs> I always believe that horoscopes can definitely impact drive <laughs> who we are as people. Samantha, you kind of answered this, but as far as your day-to-day life now, how do you think kind of coping with the grief of losing your father has been impacting your day-to-day life? And I know that you had mentioned kind of your new goals that you have, but obviously this is such a big loss for you. So how how kind of are you coping now? This is probably like a 180 from the answer you're expecting. But um, up until about two weeks ago, actually, this it's probably understandably so. But up until about two weeks ago, I did live with a lot of anxiety and stress. Not necessarily because of grief impacting my everyday life but because the consequences of my dad's passing. And by that, I mean, he didn't have a will. And in the state of Texas, there are certain um, ways that an estate is separated. I feel like this could probably be like a whole episode in and of itself, but um, I had a lot of anxiety and stress in the matters of my dad's estate and not because my brother and I were trying to fight how things were being split. Essentially like the short of it um, is that my brother and I tried to be extremely generous in what we chose to relinquish and sign over to my stepmom and I by no means like I'm saying this to try and bash her or anything like that but um she was less than cooperative and that caused me daily anxiety because my brother and I had tried so hard to make sure she was taken care of. And we're not talking like life-changing money or anything here. We're talking about like a house in my dad's business. And it just felt like over and over again in conversation after conversation with her or other people involved that like my brother and I were an afterthought. And it always felt like that growing up. This part of my family is slightly complicated. Um, My dad had been remarried to my stepmom who had two girls from previous marriage and not all of us got along all that great. I did not grow up in their house or live with them so I had kind of more of an only child experience with like tastes of this other family. My brother wasn't so lucky. Anyways, 
it always felt like my brother and I were kind of the last like people to get thought of and it still felt like that going through this estate a lot of what felt like lying and deceiving it was always kind of like what news am I going to hear of next because out of the woodwork some people came out of nowhere to share very inappropriate information with my family my dad's like brother and my cousin and me um people trying to hurt my stepmom but really the people they were hurting were us and if my dad were alive it would be him that for the last two and a half years has been like the height of my anxiety I feel like that got in the way of actual daily grievances like feeling other things I probably would have felt didn't happen because I was feeling this anxiety over what was happening revolving around that around the estate um I feel like to that all that aside um I think probably the most reoccurring thing is like the feeling of wanting to call him. Um, my dad was a contractor and a home builder and, you know, all around handyman. So, I mean, even the last conversation I had with him was about how do I fix this thing in my apartment? And I still feel the need to call him and ask for his advice. And that really sucks when I'm like about to pick up my phone. Thankfully, I haven't ever like pressed the green button because the poor soul on the other end of that line that would answer (laughs) um, probably wouldn't be expecting that. But I feel like every day, I mean it, grief like comes in such weird and random times um this super weird thing happened when I first got back to New Orleans my car I was driving at the time should automatically connect to bluetooth and turn spotify on like that's what it's programmed to do when I get in my car so I can jam to jam to some Spotify. Well, it had been probably a week I had been home and I got in my car and very rarely Spotify would fail and my car would play that stupid U2 album that got like implanted on everyone's iPhones that you can't delete. But so I get in my car like a week later after the funeral Spotify fails, like I can see it on the screen, it's failing, it's not going to load. Instead of you two playing, which I would like yell at the console every time you two played, no offense to you two people that like you do, but um, this time 
YouTube didn't play and Spotify didn't play, the playlist from my dad's funeral played. The amount of emotion that came over me is indescribable. I mean, I wanted to yell, like, where's my YouTube? <laughs> um, but instead I was like laughing. It was like a laugh cry because I was sad, but I was also like, this is hilarious because someone is finally up there to answer my prayer that you two won't play. And for the course of my time in New Orleans, randomly, out of nowhere, I'd get in my car and that playlist would start playing. That playlist is not on my phone, not on my like car. Um, I mean, some of the songs were on my computer, which was nowhere near. And I don't have like iCloud set up to share. No idea. I'm sure some tech guru could figure it out, but like how crazy, like that was my dad. Sam, can you describe what your dad, what you would want people to know who your dad was or who he is? Yeah. Um, I think my dad and I are a lot alike. I mean, I have a lot of characteristics of my mom as well, but my dad is super goofy and very sarcastic, a prankster. I mean, if you prank him, you better wait for his prank back. I think the most like important characteristic though that I personally really experienced most um, and that I think is something that's really special is his attention to detail. And when I say that, I don't mean like and then a year later, when some random holiday comes around, he would remember what you said, whether it was something you wanted or like just something you said in passing that you wanted to try, anything like that. He would think of you and he would think of that. And when I say that, I don't just mean myself. I mean, I saw him make gifts really special meaningful gifts for a lot of people and I think that like I don't know I think from that we can learn like also how to be really thoughtful and when you give those random special gifts you know it's it makes you feel seen and heard and cared for and not because it's, you know, some major holiday and you feel obligated to give a gift. Like he actually thought about how to give something. I mean, probably up until I was about to leave Boston, which would have been months before he passed. I mean, he would send me a Halloween box of like doodads and candy and he would send my dog a box of treats and toys, like for a just because day. Um, and I don't know, he just, he knew exactly what time you needed something. And he would make sure that that showed up. Even when I lived across the country, you know, he still did that. I moved to Boston and on the phone with him, I had complained 
that I had thrown out all my spices before I moved up there and that groceries were more expensive up there. And I didn't want to spend $6 on a tiny jar of garlic, like spice or whatever. And a week later, this USPS box shows up at my apartment and it is this like local spice place. He had filled it with like all the spices that I could ever need in the kitchen. And it's just things like that. Like I didn't ask him to do that. Like I would have eaten my $6 and gotten the garlic, but you know, that was, that was who he was. Sounds like a remarkable man and very thoughtful as well. That was such a good example of kind of showing the type of guy he was. And just kind of going off of that, and we've learned a lot about your dad today and your experience with grief. Now, what are some things that you would like to share about losing a loved one specifically around like what advice you'd give to other people who are experiencing the loss of a loved one? I think this goes for both when you yourself experience loss, but also when you recognize someone else is experiencing loss. And that is just like recognizing them where they're at. And like when it's personal loss, when it's you lost somebody, that's checking in with yourself and saying, okay, today might not be a great day, but like, this is what I can do to both address my grief today and keep going. And I think like in life in general, we don't, we don't look inwardly enough to make any of those realizations. Like we have to be self-aware and especially when you are going through loss and grief, you have to be self-aware and know that like you might be cranky and you might not be feeling great today because that person's on the top of your mind, but you still have to show up to everything else you're doing. I think that's important. I think when you are helping a friend go through loss, and I experienced this firsthand, and I've tried to get better at this exact advice, but the week after my dad passed, I mean, I would get text messages every day from someone asking, how are you? And the response is always, I'm fine. I'm fine. Good. If I said anything differently, would you do something about it? Probably not. And so I think for one, asking better questions, not how are you doing or are you okay, but what can I do for you today? Or I made extra dinner because I want to bring it to you or can I mail you a card or not even can I mail you a card, just mail the damn card. Um, But also one week after someone passes, you're still in shock and you're still in disbelief. It's months later. It's a year later. It's two years later that those check-ins are going to matter. When you get that text message from a friend that says, hey, I know your dad's birthday was around this time, or 
hey, this is, I know this is a hard week for you. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you and I am sending you prayers or good vibes or whatever. And I think just like feeling recognized because sometimes it feels like during those moments, you're the only one that remembers. And man, it feels good when someone else reaches out and says like, I didn't forget about you. And even if I'm not going to do anything, like even if I can't directly help you, whether that's because of COVID distancing or actual distance, like I'm thinking about you and I'm here. And I think that's like worth. Sam, I want to thank you very much for sharing this topic of grief with us, especially regarding your dad. And I think especially the message that you're sending and the advice you're giving is extremely powerful and extremely helpful because grief is different for everyone and everyone goes through it differently. And I find that sometimes we don't really know what the person who's going through grief is experiencing. And I think your advice is extremely helpful. So thank you. Thank you again for being on our podcast. And I just want to go over the key takeaways from this episode, including being self-aware, being present that you had mentioned, and that life is never a promise. And I think you really showed how, especially things that we don't really think about when we're experiencing grief, the anxiety, the things that are left behind, the unfortunate and sometimes special moments that can happen after. And I just thank you because I feel through this episode, someone can learn or experience or relate to exactly those types of moments. And again, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and giving us all of you (laughs) in such a really tough topic. So I also wanted to ask you, especially since you will be going on the Appalachian Trail this year, what are you hoping, I know you mentioned some brief things through this episode of what are some things that you're thinking about when you're, or what are you looking to be thinking about when you actually hit that trail? I... I hope that the trail provides less distractions because I think the last two and a half years I've spent probably making excuses and or avoiding really facing my grief and starting to lament and the trail I know will provide the time and the solitude to do what I said earlier and that's look inward and it's going to be hard and it's going to be like a job some days waking up and breaking down camp and hiking for eight hours and doing it again but you know I hope in that time I can just think and I know that sounds so simple but I think it's something that I've just avoided the last two and a half years or whatever don't 
I will also definitely listen to some audiobooks and jam to some music and do all those kind of self-care things too to keep you know my mind refreshed but on the other side of it when I finish I just hope that I have a better sense of the Samantha that I will be in 2021 and understand the direction I want to take I mean maybe my interests my career interests might completely flip because of this I have no idea you know what's waiting for me on the other side I think it's going to be a life-changing experience because I'm actually following through with a goal of mine and something I've been dreaming of and it just fits so perfectly to be able to process what's been going on in life and get to do this so I'm really looking forward to it and we're excited to hear about your journey and that concludes our episode thank you everyone for tuning in